this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Age of Radio. Pre-roll time. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing. And the Inked Marketing crowdfunded comic for this here episode is Crit. Crit, already funded. Funded in a matter of hours, as a matter of fact. Crit, the Convert Reconnaissance Infiltration Team by Christopher Michael. Um, what is Crit? Well, Crit is 100 pages. Uh, <laughs> spread throughout four action-packed stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think Mission Impossible meets Beverly Hills Cop. Come on. Come on. And, you know, with uh, it already being funded in the day, you would imagine that, that, that mm, you're going to want to get on this. You're going to want to get on it quick. And that's on Kickstarter. Or, I'm sorry, that's on Indiegogo. It's an old Indiegogo project. So head on over to Indiegogo and search CRIT. C-R-I-T. And it is an acronym, so you might have to add the... Uh, the 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 periods in there i don't know uh, either way you're gonna want to get on this once again uh inked marketing pulling through with another amazing crowd funded comic Back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 293. The 293rd episode will be a Creator Corner, and the creator that I cornered on this here episode is none other than Luke Wenner. Luke Wenner, if you don't know the name, you will. You will. Uh, uh, Apocalypse Kinda is the book he comes on to talk about, and <laughs> sold, convinced, Sign me up. So we're going to talk all about Apocalypse, kind of, and all types of other stuff, because it turns out he's just an interesting freaking dude. So I do hope you enjoy this interview with Luke Wenner. All right, Luke Wenner. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's all my pleasure. It's all my pleasure. Anytime anybody reaches out, I uh, it's I almost feel like it's my my duty and my obligation to to look to see what's being offered to me. And you know, there's a ambitious creator out there that's looking for new eyes. Then um, this is kind of why I created the podcast. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm happy to have you on and have you reach out. So yeah, man, I'm I'm ready yeah. to talk some comics. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I feel I feel like I might have cornered you for.
for this creator corner. That's all right. That's uh, Believe it or not, honestly, I, I like it that way. The fact that I don't have to spend any time reaching out to people and people yeah. are just coming to the podcast now, that makes my life so much easier. That's why I could put out three episodes a week now is because, thankfully, the podcast is out there in the independent creator's eyes. Well, I like to think of more than just independent, independent creator's eyes. But um, Yeah. yeah. No, no, I think a, you might be probably, without a doubt, one of the most prolific comic book podcasters is that right you think so yeah i don't know you're always there's like a new episode like every 20 seconds i feel like <laughs> uh yeah no i, I appreciate hearing that it's, it's, it's yeah. actually nice to hear um no i i i'm a workhorse man i feel like uh anything that i have i don't know anything that's worth talking about people should know about and i was yeah. always the guy that is kind of like the last to know everything because i didn't know who to go to to get my information from. So yeah. I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd like to be just another outlet. I, I'm not, yeah, I, I'd, uh, it's a lot of fun. That's what it comes down to. It's a lot it of fun. Is, I, I got to talk it's about It's a lot of fun I love, to listen so. to. Right on, man. I appreciate yeah. you uh, you checking out the show and the kind words. But, Luke, uh, you, you, have a, you have a book coming out. Um, actually, uh, let's see, what what stages are, is it in now? It is, you're in issue two coming up on kickstarter is that what's happening yeah so we're, we didn't do a kickstarter for it um but issue two is going to be coming out next week it's going to become i think a week from today on the 17th oh nice okay so it's just yeah. releasing nice yeah it's just coming out yeah sweet well before we get all into that just like every uh every great creator they have an origin story um, and, uh, as, as you know, I have to, uh, I have to ask, I have to ask, I got to know the things, you know, that, that, that spawned the creator that is now creating the things. So, uh, Luke, when did, uh, when did comics become a, a thing in your life, ma'am? Yeah. So I, you know, I feel like for a lot of people, comics is kind of like punk rock in that when you're young, you kind of have to have somebody older and cooler than you who can like get you into it i i never thought of it like that that that's actually that's that's really brilliant a lot of people i know who are super into comics it's like they had an older sibling or they had a parent they had somebody in their life who kind of steered them towards it i didn't really have that when i was a kid i didn't know anybody who was into comics or read comics Right. So when I was a kid, I was super into cartoons and movies and music. So I gravitated to what was already there. The first comics that I was really into were the stuff that were in the newspapers. So I really liked Calvin and Hobbes. I liked stuff like Get Fuzzy, that Darby Connolly strip. Okay. Um, as I got a little bit older, I started getting into like underground comics. I really liked stuff like like Robert Crumb, uh-huh. Harvey Picar. I was a big fan, like a lot of people of my generation of a certain persuasion. I was really into Invader Zim, so nice. I got into like the Jonan Vasquez stuff. I liked those, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. It really wasn't, though, until just a couple of years ago when I'm here in New York, I started going into Midtown Comics and I started getting into, like, monthly floppies and stuff like that. When I was a kid, mostly newspaper stuff and then some of those 
underground things that I managed to gravitate towards. Gotcha, gotcha. Right on, man. Um, see, uh, it's not very often that I hear people say I was a. Uh, uh, I was inspired by you know like the, like the newspapers and Crumb. Most people find Crumb oh, yeah. way later, way later. So it's uh... yeah. Well, I was. I mean, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, where he lived for a time when they were uh. doing that with Harvey Pekar, American Splendor. And I don't know if you have you ever read that. Have you ever heard of that American Splendor? Oh, I've definitely heard of it. I can't say I've had the opportunity to read it though. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I, but when I was maybe like 11 or 12, that biopic that they did of Harvey Pekar with Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. I was a weird kid. So that kind of, I fuck, I loved that movie when I was <laughs> like in middle school. And it was amazing to me. I was like, this guy, he lives here in Cleveland. And there were adults in my life who knew him. I was like, what? what? Are you serious? That was just wild to me. So that's how I got into Robert Crumb and like Fritz the Cat. Okay. Anything like that. I just ate up when I was little. That's awesome. See, I can relate to somebody being uh, very invested in the comics without really having an influence as, as, a, as a kid. The closest yeah. thing I had to an influence was my mom giving me the $5 to buy the Marvel trading cards that made me go, what the fuck am I looking yeah. at? Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I didn't have any friends in the comics. I didn't have a friend in the comics until I was uh, 26 years old. I was the first. I, I didn't make my first friend in the in the comics until I was 26 years old. Yeah, um, so I've always had this appreciation, experience. but um, yeah, I, I was just always so invested in it. I, I knew way more than I should have for yeah. somebody that. Uh, it hasn't really read all that much um but yeah God, when i got into it man you just like i mean you you, you find the bug and it's there and you just you, you really you do can't let go yeah it's it's, it's hard yeah. it's hard once once it's got you so it's nice to There's see somebody so else much. that has that yeah oh man totally especially um, when you're coming to it with new eyes you know i mean there was no experience in my life up to that point when I started going to the comic shop, like every Wednesday, I had no point of reference. It was all so new to me. So mm-hmm. it really was like every month coming in there and just discovering something that nobody else in my life was talking about. It was really exciting and fun for me. Right. No, I, 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 I'm glad that you hung on to that feeling. Cause I definitely hang on to that feeling too of, you know, yeah. being a rookie in comics and all of that. And, you know, obviously with what I do, I, I, I'm kind of obligated to to be on social media, so I see all of the uh, the, the 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 very rookie um, posts and things like that. Yeah. And you know, you you see the the snobs tearing them down, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my eyes, I'm like, no, we were all there, man. We were all there. We all had the same questions. We all started somewhere. No one just got into comics knowing things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh. It's nice to see somebody else actually recognize that 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 beginning feeling and how important it is. Because, um, oh, it, it, goddamn, is it important that no, just oh, yeah. remembering how it got you and when it got you, and uh, yeah. it's good stuff, man. When did you decide you wanted to start actually creating on your own? So, Maybe not necessarily I mean, comics, but I mean even anything in general. Oh yeah, well, when I was little, I mean, I just. I always loved when there was a movie or a cartoon or music 
if I got into it, and I'm still this way today, but when I was younger, if I got into something, I had to know everything that there was to know about it. Mm -hmm. I had to know who wrote it, who directed it, any information I can find about how it got made. I loved that. So I've always been interested in storytelling and putting things together. Yeah. Yeah. I've just always loved that. Um, so for a long, long time, I've been interested in writing, um, and in storytelling, but doing a comic, you know, that's a new area for me. I I don't know. I, I don't really know that I could pinpoint how exactly that came about. I think that it was just sort of a byproduct of getting more into comics. I mean, Mm -hmm. sort of similar to what you said, I had a friend who I met. I might've been a little bit younger than you were. I I was like 21 or 22 when I met this really good friend here in New York and he was into comics. So I would tag along with him to Midtown comics every once in a while. And I just started slowly getting exposed to them in a more serious kind of way. And I was just reading a lot of them and I'm just the kind of person where like if I were to see, I don't even know, if I were to see like an opera or something and have a really good time, I would leave the theater thinking, man, I don't know. I think I want to write one of those. I just, I just love that. I love mixing it up. I love like working in new ways. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly how I started painting. I left a gallery and I was like, I want to do that. And the next day I, I, I was painting. So yeah, no, yeah. it's it's amazing how that's it great like, though, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it wonderful? Yeah, you know, it really especially. Is. I mean, there's so much. You talk about like the snobbery that you see on Twitter or whatever. There's so much snobbery and gatekeeping. But no, I absolutely think that if you see a comic or you see this or you see that and you think, oh man, I think I want to just go and absolutely mm-hmm. go do it. But it, it was kind of that way for me. I just I really fell in love with just comics as a as a medium especially coming to it getting into it in a more serious way now that i'm now that i'm a little older right you don't have to rely on allowance money and things like that yeah yeah (laughs) and just falling in love and being curious in the form you know how do you write for a comic like how is that different from writing a movie or a play. I, I, I just got excited about it. So I had had an idea in my head that had been germinating for a while. And I wasn't really sure what, if anything, I was going to do with it. But as I was reading more comics, I really started to think, you know, this maybe this could be a comic. And so that was sort of how Apocalypse kind of began. That's 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 incredible, man. That, that that really is. That's that's a that's just the type of story I like to hear. Cause I mean, yeah. I I could totally relate to just uh, comics inspiring a new lifestyle. Essentially, yeah. I mean, you've made a comic. You're a comic book creator now, man. That's 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 not something a lot of people get to say and have on their resume. Because yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a daunting thing to do it's you know it, it, <laughs> there's nothing about it that's easy i mean once you know how to go about it that that's one thing but as far as actually the process and creating and everything uh 
no, that's that, that's rough. Um, so yeah, to to know that you were able to put yourself through that to completion, and then go on and start a second issue, knowing that you want to keep yeah. doing it. That says so much, man. It says so much about this industry. Oh, and, thank oh. you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 amazing. No, it's crazy. I mean, if I could think back to when you know it was just an idea in my head, and I was thinking, God, is this something that I want to do? If I were to do this, how would I do it? You know, to sort of look, kind of just where we've been able to bring it now. And granted, it's just a small thing that, however many, who even knows how many people have even read it, but to see that completed thing, yeah, is, is, is pretty incredible. It's a pretty nice feeling. That, that, that's awesome, man. Um, so now that you've actually uh, started a pull list now, your pull list is through Midtown. Do you still have that pull list? Do you still, are you still actually, I actually haven't done that. I don't have a pull list. Oh, okay, so you're just a Wednesday yeah. warrior, man. I just wander in there. Yeah, no, I'm green. I'm still <laughs> i'm very new to it i've really only been reading comics in a serious way for maybe two or three years and i mean cool. I, I but i i do there were things that i that i had grew to look forward to yeah every month but i never did the poll list no gotcha. i would just kind of wander in there you really? know and then i would show up and the thing that i wanted would i don't know you probably read do you remember folklords uh-huh. did you read oh, that yeah. totally yeah, that was so, I mean, this is the thing is, especially when I was just getting into them, I wasn't tapped into those online communities. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what was popular. I would get something and I would read it and I would think it would be great. And then I would show up next month, oh, we sold out of it. And I'd be like, what, what do you mean you sold out of it? What? <laughs> so no, I don't, I I should do a pull list, but I actually don't have one of those. No, gotcha, I just wander gotcha. in there. Oh, they're a lifesaver, man. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right man that's all right they really are a lifesaver um uh, th- th- what do you find yourself gravitating towards when you're wandering around in midtown like what type of uh, you said you pick up folklords like what i mean so more indies than you'd say than say i guess yeah, yeah i guess i would say that i don't know i mean i'm trying to think about the things now that i really have loved yeah i thought folklords was great i mean it was just beautiful to look at the art yeah. in that book was just wonderful and then i also really loved uh middle west oh yeah man i loved that yeah yeah but i don't know i mean i really like grumble okay read that oh yeah no anything by albatross um oh yeah yeah no that's great i haven't really gotten my feet wet with anything involving superheroes yet okay I think a lot of people, especially when you're new to comics, you can kind of think it can be a little bit like getting into, I don't know, getting it like on the music end. If you're like trying to get into Prince, Mm. Prince has like 5,000 albums. You're like, where do I start? How do I begin? And it can feel a little overwhelming to try to get into (laughs) <laughs> no, and honestly, that's uh, I I am a hundred percent with you. That's part of the reason I started this show, like the highlight segment of the show, was because yeah. I know how overwhelming it is. You don't know when to jump in. There's seventeen volumes of different characters now, and all that stuff. So yeah, that's that's why independent comics. I really do believe they are the the the. I don't know, just the supreme race of comics um, because they're the perfect stepping stone. Anybody can get on them. 
anybody oh, yeah. can get on independent it, it's comics. a real it's like a weight off your shoulders when you yeah. pick something up and it's like oh this is number one right okay so i know that i'm coming in at the beginning right like you can <laughs> go into valiant you could pick up a valiant character that's been printed for 20 years and pick it up and not have to worry about the last 20 years of stuff because they just yeah. they, uh, independent comics know how to you know they know how to keep people reading and make sure yeah. it's not nearly as a uh, like I said daunting and overwhelming to figure out where you want to start because I mean yeah cuz <laughs> trying to follow storylines between Marvel and DC it's once you're there it's fun but trying to oh, yeah. catch up man the 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 back reading I had to do to try to catch up, to try to figure out what the hell was going on, was ridiculous, man. I was burying myself in twenty issues a night, just trying oh, to, yeah. just trying to and figure out I how think Civil myself, War got to what it was. Yeah. So you would though recommend like really going back and trying to get yourself up to speed. I, I would if you have the, the the capabilities to do so. I really do think it yeah. is completely worth it. Um, Marvel's doing a much better job of making it easier by kind of consistently rebooting things so um yeah. but they they do it in a I, I think they do it in a pretty good way um yeah I, so uh if if it's nine issues in on a series you want to jump in on wait six months there'll be another issue one of that character here soon you know that's <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of how it's going really but yeah um, no, I mean, and for that reason, I really do think that independent comics are supreme. And here you are creating an independent comic. You're creating somebody's potential first read. And uh, mm. this is, it's got to be exciting, man. It's got to be exciting. I mean, you already made the first issue and the second issue. Yeah. Um, so uh, how about is it being released? Because um, you said that you're not so, kickstarting it. No, we didn't do a Kickstarter. The first one was released uh on the website for free okay and then the second one we're going to be selling uh through gumroad all right through the website gotcha cool yeah um yeah no i'm uh, i'm i'm starting to see uh more and more creators just completely skip the kickstarter thing now um it went from you know pitching yeah. To publishers, to okay, I'm just going to kickstart it. Now people are just like, you know, I'm I'm going to do this myself, and uh, I think that's because of the standards that you know people like publishers like Scout are doing. You know, yeah. they're 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 just saying, if you want the comic, you can just come to us. And if you're worried about your LCS not getting credit, then just tell us who they are, and we'll give them credit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's pretty neat what they're doing. How they've kind of they're revolutionizing um, the way people obtain independent comics. They're not mm-hmm. falling to the threshold of Diamond um, or relying on Kickstarters. You're only allowed to do three a year, meaning that you can only put out three issues a year unless you were. Are you really? Out I didn't know issues. that that you're only allowed to do three. Uh, well, it, I think it's um, or it might be four. Uh, I think it's mm. once. I was told that after it's for uh, something's fulfilled, your first order's fulfilled, you have to wait three months before you could put up another Kickstarter or something like okay. that. So a lot of yeah. creators are having to go back and forth. I'm going to do a Kickstarter, and then when that's done, I'm going to immediately launch an Indiegogo. And I'm going to immediately, yeah. that way they can kind of back and forth it. And it just seems like a complete and total headache. I'm not saying it's a bad idea because it's proving to be very successful. But you're yeah. you're taking the bold standard of just saying, you know what, I'm they're gonna come to me and um yeah, and I, I, I really enjoy that. I do. I I, I I don't like distribution 
having a factor on how I'm getting my comics. It's mm. it's it's uh, it's nauseating. It really is, mm. and I have so many stories to prove why distribution <laughs> through these major corporations is terrible. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, so uh, let's let's talk about Apocalypse, kind of man. Let's talk about the thing. I yeah. gotta read issue number one. Um, I, I always wait right before I'm getting ready to record. I know. Yes. I was thinking that earlier. I was looking at the clock like, okay, so it's about 6.45 PM. So I bet he's just sitting down to read it. (laughs) Dude, you, you are, uh, insanely correct. (laughs) It was right then. It was right then. Um, so yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to pull it up again. Um, yeah, no, uh, let, let, tell us about it. Tell, tell us all about Apocalypse, kind of, because I, this, this first issue was something else, man. It was, uh, yeah. it, it starts one way and then takes a crazy left turn. And mm. yeah, uh, tell, tell the listeners what they're in for with issue one. Sure. So Apocalypse, kind of, takes place in a world not so unlike our own, um, some similarities in terms of the political climate you may recognize. Uh, Five years before the story begins, a mysterious portal appeared. Mm. And nobody knows what the portal is. Nobody knows where it came from, if it leads anywhere. The only thing that people know is that shortly after this portal came on the scene, things started getting weird. Mm -hmm. And so this portal has exacerbated, it seems, a lot of the pre-existing political fault lines. It's kind of become the thing that everything revolves around politically. So you kind of have very pro-portal people, people who think that actually this portal hasn't caused any of these changes at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, we think that this portal has protected us from the changes being a lot worse than they could have been. And then you've got another camp of people who think this portal has caused all of these weird changes that have happened, you know. So it's, it's just a very divisive i'm sure some of this might sound familiar to your Mm -hmm. your listeners but anyway nobody knows what the hell this portal is it's just a weird weird thing that's happened so you've got this main character this little boy toby who i guess you maybe is kind of like a 4chan kid kid who spends a lot of time online you Mm -hmm. know, and he's pretty portal indifferent. Mm -hmm. Well, he has this experience uh, in the first issue that kind of sets him down a path to learning more about what this portal really is and what its true implications might be. So the comic came about a couple of years ago because I 
So I play in a rock band. Okay. Um, yeah, and that had kind of been the main vehicle for the writing that I was doing was songwriting. So, you know, gotcha. like you're a writer, if there's something that's interesting you, if there's something that you're thinking about a lot and you want to work it out for yourself, you know, songwriting was kind of my main avenue for doing that. But I wasn't really getting after a certain point as much bang for my buck out of that as I wanted to be getting. There were kind of just questions and things that I was spending so much time thinking about. This would have been like in 2018, late 2018. And I just kind of was hitting a wall in the songwriting that I was doing. And uh, Apocalypse kind of really grew out of that. There were things that I wanted to be writing about. There were things that I wanted to be chewing on and exploring. And I just wasn't really able to get after what I wanted to be getting after as much as I wanted to in songwriting. Gotcha. Well, it worked out in your favor because uh, everybody's reading comics during quarantine. No one's going to concerts. Yeah, so, no one is going to concerts. <laughs> um, timing worked out well. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I the band that I'm in, we had just prior to the pandemic kind of hitting our shores, we recorded an album in like November of 2019, we were really excited. We were going to be releasing it. We had all uh, these plans. We were thinking we were going to go on tour. So all things considered, this pandemic hit and we had all this music that we were just sitting on. So uh, we were able to kind of release consistently throughout the year. That was kind of the one, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Canceled um, all of our other plans, but... <laughs> Well, it, it, it seemed to have worked out. It seemed to have worked no. out for you. I have to ask, man, what's the name of your band? Uh, I play in a band called The Permanent Revolution. All right, all right. So you can hear us on Spotify and YouTube or any of those write other... Write that down, The Permanent Revolution. The Revolution. Any of those other places, yeah. Sweet, man. Um, we no, don't I'm suck. A, I'm a music junkie, I do junkie, say so, so myself. What's that? <laughs> We don't suck. If I uh, you can know, chill for my band. I I believe you. I do. I I really do believe you. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm actually really anxious to check this out. Uh, I'm 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 always looking for new music. I'm a I'm a music snob. So when you say you yeah. play in a rock band, I'm like, oh shit, this energy level just <laughs> took it to a whole another whole another situation. But um, mm. oh man. So uh, now I uh the the, the Similarities with the, uh, the, I guess we could call it kind of political similarities. I guess um, they're much more subtle in uh, issue two. I don't want to talk about issue two too much, um, but um, just like the. Well, when does this come out? Because it might be released by the time. Well, you know what? <laughs> Actually, I have my my schedule here. Um, this this oh son of a bit. This will be out. This will be out right after release. So, oh, uh, okay. Cool. We Spoil can talk. it. <laughs> Man. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I honestly, I don't want to spoil too much, yeah. but um, because it, it really is, this is something worth experiencing. It is. Oh, um, I, I don't, the, 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 the twists and stuff. Oh, man. I, 
I dig it. I, I dig demonic cats. Oh, I, I, I dig. It's 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 good stuff, man. I mean, that's really all I'm going to say about that. Is, uh, <laughs> woo! Oh, it's. Uh, I dig it. Um, I, I want to talk about your artist real quick. Um, oh yeah, I would love to. <laughs> you, your your artist. Yeah. Your artist Enrico Orlandi. Orlandi. That... Oh yeah. man. So um, he's done some stuff before. He's worked for Dark Horse. Uh, a, right. Yeah, so he wrote a book that was published originally in Italy. Okay. I don't know that I could pronounce the name of the place that published it. I think I may be wrong, so don't get mad at me if you're watching this and you have the correct information. Are you familiar with a comic? It's an Italian comic called Monster Allergy. I'm not. Okay, so well, a lot of people in America aren't. There's this really wonderful comic in Italy. It's like huge in Italy. Nobody in America knows what it is. It's about a little boy who uh, monsters exist in the world, but they're invisible. But this little boy, he's allergic to them. So when they're around, he sneezes or whatever. It's like a young adult graphic novel series. I think this book that Enrico wrote, it was called The Flower of the Witch. He wrote it and he drew it. I, I want to say it was published by the same publishing company that does Monster Allergy. Oh, if okay. I'm wrong, don't sue me. I think I'm right. Guess. But uh, no, Dark Horse published this book of his, yeah, in America, in a translated version of it. It's called The Flower of the Witch. But that it's beautiful. Sounds... It sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds amazing. It is, yeah. It's like a uh, fantasy story. It's just it's beautiful to look at. Yeah. The, the the this this art style in itself is uh it's very unique. You know, it's got more uh, an animated feel to it for sure. Like it, it's Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. not like a a rough and tough action comic. And I I, I yeah. think that it it suits well for this because that's not what it is. You know, we don't need uh John Romita doing this comic because it just it wouldn't work. So there's very yeah. you know soft line or thick lines, um, bold coloring. I mean it's just it's easy to look at, very easy yeah. to look at. Oh, it's yeah, oh, absolutely. Man. I mean I kind of you know I um I draw a little myself. I'm not you know anywhere near the you know I'm just a doodler, but I've always loved to draw and doodle. So as I was writing this, you know, I was doing a lot of my own little sketches and doodles. Um, but it was really kind of an open question for me at the beginning about what the book would actually look like. Um, and I, it was a big, long process of trying to figure out, okay, well, who is going to, who's going to draw it. And when I, found Enrico and I saw his art for the first time it really was one of those it was one of those magical moments where I really just thought oh yes this is this is what it has to look like it has to be this guy I don't know like what I'm whatever I have to do like I have to make sure that this is the dude who draws the book and fortunately for me I feel very lucky that he agreed to do it but yeah I think that I think he's just done a wonderful job on it. I feel really lucky and grateful to be working with him. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he, he really hits it out of the park here. I'm a, I'm an art snob. So I'm that guy that, you know, when I, when I see somebody fairly new to the scene, I, I, 
it sounds terrible saying it out loud, but I, I look for flaws, and it's not to be able to point yeah. them out. It's just to kind of just see, like, what am I... What am I sure. getting into here? Um, well, I think that's natural. I mean, if you if you're really into something, you know, whether it's comics or music or whatever else, you think critically about it. That just right. comes with being obsessed with something. Yeah, it, exactly. And as I as I you know plow through this, man, I I it's just it really is perfection. You know, it's oh well, I'm um, glad. Thank you. It, it, no, I mean, normally it, it wouldn't be something that I would, it kind of looks like something for a, a younger reader. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But, but when you get into the story and everything and you get the pitch and you hear what it's about and then you go into this, you, you experience it a whole different way. You don't look at it like, oh, I should probably see, if, you know, how my, how my daughter feels about this. No, 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 no. It's, yeah. it's, it's so much more than that, but more than anything. More than anything, man, you, you, the, the cover. The cover is what's going to make me buy this book initially without knowing yeah. what this book is because you got a badass. You got a badass. I got an absolute badass to do the cover, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really lucked out. Val Halverson, is that how you... Val Halverson, oh. who is like... I, I, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm like looking up at my bookshelf where... Uh, another comic that Val worked on is sitting and I almost want to like go and <laughs> did you read finger guns from, uh, from I have comics? all six issues. I have all six issues. I haven't got around to reading them yet, but oh well, man, I'm so excited. It's really for it. wonderful. Yeah. I'm really hoping that I've been trying to follow along online and get a sense. I really hope that they're able to do more of them. It kind of ended on, it ended the way a lot of comics end where it's kind of a cliffhanger and kind of not, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's never really guaranteed. It seems on the smaller kind of independent stuff, whether you're really going to get to go as far as you want to go. Well, because so I feel like gun... the first six issues of any new independent comic series is like the pilot, you know, they, yeah, they, and so exactly. they kind of have to, you know, like if it's huge, then we would hate, and we just ended it. We would hate to not be able to make anything off of it yeah um but you know people want you more see that it. though and you see that in tv also where uh -huh. sometimes you'll get to the end of a season and they weren't really sure are we going to get picked up again for season two mm -hmm. so let's try to maybe if we don't like let's maybe try to end it in a in a satisfying place that's what finger guns did i'm really hoping that finger guns gets nice. so if you're if you're listening to this powers that be pick that up for like five or six more but yeah, I mean, that I remember so distinctly going into Midtown Comics and, uh, you know, you go in there, you go into any comic shop like behind you and you kind of just scan quickly, mm -hmm. you know, and really quickly you kind of clock the stuff that you know or that you're expecting. Oh, there's the new issue of that. There's the new issue of this. But there's the new stuff, the stuff that you weren't expecting. What grabs your eye? The cover for Finger Guns, number one, just instantly, like, you couldn't help but but go and look. It, it, and, it, it's uh, bold, man. It stands out. Oh, and yeah. That, I feel like that, like every single cover from Finger Guns really did. Um, and They're the only great. reason I'm not caught up on it is because um, it was added on my pull list. I pre-ordered the series, but number one yeah. showed up damaged to my shop, and because it sold out so goddamn fast, they could I couldn't yeah. get a first print reorder, so I had to wait for the second print to come out. So then, yeah. at that point, I'm a month behind on the series, so 
that's the only reason I believe me it was it was a priority of mine I I wanted it oh yeah so, uh, it's great and the covers they just they look beautiful together yeah when you put them all out together yeah I I think that Val is really I just think that Val is gonna be you know five or ten years from now I mean I think that Val is gonna blow up in a major way so I do I feel really lucky but yeah I sent you know I had been kind of thinking and you know, it's the first comic that I've ever worked on, and I was just kind of naively, because I was like falling so in love with comics, and one of the things that I just loved instantly about them was variant covers. I loved mm. how there were, there were all these different covers, and you can bring in artists who didn't work on the book to come and do a cover, so in my mind, you know... And it's, it's really, you know, it's expensive to put the comic together. But in mm -hmm. my mind, I'm thinking maybe if I pick up an extra shift, I can do a variant cover of this <laughs> or that. But the one thing that I really, really wanted is I was just thinking in the back of my mind, I've got to find a way to get in touch with this guy, Val Halverson. And I have to ask him, would you be willing to come on and do a cover for us? So I did. I just emailed him at that point, like Enrico had finished the interiors so I was able to send Val, like, this is what the book is going to look like. This is what it's about. Like, if you have the time, you know, and I'm thinking there's no fucking way that Val's going to have time to do this. But fortunately, yeah, Val said yes. I was, that was really, for me, that was, it, it remains like one of the most special things about this whole experience of putting Apocalypse kind of together. Like, the fact that Val agreed to do it, I really sound like a total annoying fanboy right now but yeah. no no not Val at all man it, you know how incredible it is to hear the, the the creator of their book be so excited about their cover artist or the people that they're oh yeah with? that that's amazing man that, that's i just think he's great yeah i mean i just i really do think that you know five years from now He's not going to be doing the cover for Apocalypse Kind of 4, I'll tell you that. He's not going to have time. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, man. Um, I feel like he might be one of those people that don't uh, forget where they came from. Well, and, you know, the, the cover isn't just beautiful. It actually gives you a sense of what you could be getting into in this issue. I'll be damned. Yeah. A cover that actually pertains to the story on a comic. It's not just, hey, you know, here's this character doing this thing, but none of that stuff you see on the cover actually happens in here. And this... Yeah. Yes, it's it's very ambiguous. You can't totally tell what's going on, but you know something's going to happen to Toby here. So no, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I think that Val just had a great sense of... I mean, he's got a great... You see it in Finger Guns also. He's just got a great sense of drama. You know, he really knows kind of... I mean, you can really... The writing in Finger Guns is great too, but if you were to take out, you know, all the lettering in Finger Guns, you would still you know, get mm -hmm. a sense of, you'd be able to follow along with the story yeah. because he's just got a great sense of, of drama of what the kind of dramatic, like what a moment is really about, what a page is really about. Well, so, I, I yeah, feel like I, this is going on in, in, in your book as well, though, man. I feel like if you oh, took away the dialogue and everything, it's, it, 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 it can be read silent, you know? He, he, oh yeah. It's, it's no, I think so that well. I, I I think that Enrico has absolutely has the exact same strength. I think that, you know, if you were to go when I was first getting familiar with Enrico's work, this book, The Flower of the Witch, I think that I might be wrong. I think that this was published in America June of last year is when yeah, I know it came. it's recent. It's a recent thing. Yeah. 
So mostly what I had to go off of with Enrico was the stuff that he's got on his website. So he's got a lot of pages of stuff that he's done and there's no dialogue on any of them, but even Mm -hmm. without any lettering, any dialogue. Yeah. He reminds me so much of, um, as much as I love him, I always miss, I always mispronounce his name. Did you know, uh, the dude, the guy who created like Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack. Oh yeah, I can never remember his name. He's, he's only like the greatest animator in the history. Yeah, of he's animation. like the greatest animator in the history of animation, and nobody can ever fucking remember yeah. his name. Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Like, thank you. Yeah, his first name is like Jendi or Jedi. Yep, yep. Jendi Tartakovsky. Thank he's you. Incredible, but like when I was a kid. Like Samurai Jack and then, I mean, especially Samurai Jack, but also if you remember, like the MVP of animated, yeah, Dude, exactly. Dude, Samurai Jack is, is always close, man. Yeah, like it's... and then the MVP of like animated Star Wars content is that if you remember between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, this dude Tartakovsky did a series of like five minute episodes kind of bridging the gap between the two movies animated hardly any dialogue in any of them. So you got to see Anakin Skywalker being uh, the ceremony where he becomes a Jedi Knight. That was mm-hmm. one you are a master. No, a, a, right. a Jedi Knight. I'm misremembering, but um, you see you know how at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, Palpatine has been abducted by Grievous? Mm-hmm. You got to see in this animated thing how that happened. Oh. But similar to Samurai Jack, hardly any dialogue. He did another Samurai... one too. I think it was like called like Primal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that just came out. I haven't watched that yet. Oh my God, really dude. Great if things... you haven't watched that yet, is seriously, really good? clear your schedule. It needs to be the next thing you do. I mean, I wouldn't he's... blame you if you cut me off right now to go watch that. To go and it watch the, it, yeah. It, it is no, he's the best an absolute master. I mean, when I was a kid, Samurai Jack, there was just, there was nothing like that. No. That opened my mind up. Like, I remember, like, the first time I ever did LSD, thinking to myself, well, this isn't as, mi- this isn't as mind-expanding as watching Samurai Jack for the first time <laughs> when I was like eight or nine years old. Like that shit just, but that was really for me, that was kind of the first thing that I thought when I saw Enrico's art, I really just thought like, God, it reminds me so much of, <laughs> of like, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I totally do. I'm looking at this particular page in issue two now where you got the, uh, it's a, it's a three panel or you got the, the, all the deer and then you got Toby. And then you got all Which the deer again. Uh, you got uh, oh, the, the, with the with the um the squirrels or the squirrels. Yes, I don't yeah. know why I said deer. Squirrels should have been um, deer. That would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I think the squirrels is better. Are you kidding me? That's oh, geez, let's scroll one more panel up. I don't. I don't but know that's fun. I, I mean, that is like I think you're exactly right that that's the same kind of. He's just got that sense of rhythm and a sense of humor about what he does. Yep. No, it's, yeah, it, he's it's... a great artist. I mean, he really is, and he's so generous. He's so g- great to work with. He's very flexible. He's very patient. But really, for me, so much of, of writing Apocalypse, kind of, especially because 
you know, I'm a very verbal person in life. I love to fucking talk. And so these scripts, when I first finish a draft, it's so much fucking talking. <laughs> so it's a lot of eliminating, whittling down, like, let's get rid of some of this and some of that. Really a lot of, you know, the editing process on the scripts as we've been putting the comics together is just kind of getting out of Enrico's way because he really just, he knows what he's doing. So yeah, he's really wonderful. I'm, I'm glad that you, that you, would you never, liked it so much. Yeah. Well, you would never know that this is, this was at one point riddled with dialogue because it flows so fast and so smooth. And there, there's not once where I'm like, okay, I'm still on this panel still on this panel god he's yeah. still talking and, you know and i, I that, that really yeah. does annoy me in comics because you you got the art to speak for you yeah sometimes oh, you yeah. got things to say i get it but yeah. if you're truly talented you could spread it out and not make me just give me some i don't know give me more than 30 percent of the panel in art or you know oh, it's yeah. that's uh, his i mean that's his strength like one of the 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 most important steps of the process for me i've discovered when we're putting the comic together for my own like sense of what needs to be edited is mm -hmm. when i first get that tiff file from him of a finished page with no lettering on it like we haven't given it to read yet to letter he doesn't do any like dummy lettering so it's just the page naked and i just have those few minutes to myself where i'm looking at it and i'm like wow like what what did I think need needed to happen on this page in terms of dialogue that I now realize just doesn't, doesn't need to happen. <laughs> like he, he makes your job so easy. That's he, awesome. Yeah. I just can't speak highly of him enough. If you're listening to this right now and you're writing a comic and you think you want to hire somebody to draw it, I would absolutely recommend that you hire Enrico because he's really wonderful. That, that That's awesome. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his work, and you know, it's just what he—he he really does do an amazing job. Um, initially, one might say, "Well, you know, it's, it's kind of basic line work," but then you look at it and you study it, and you realize, no, 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 no. The 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 form of everything, nothing. There's never, no, not once did a panel not make sense. Not once did oh, I look man. at something and go, "Well, that how did that get to that?" Like that doesn't. I, I don't understand. It's just okay. it. it, it it's so it it, it it speaks for itself it does um you don't always need uh 50 hours into every panel for it to be a masterpiece you know yeah. not everybody needs to be ryan stegman and have you know all of yeah. that to 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 catch eyes and i think he does a great job just keeping it simple and beautiful at the same time um yeah. one thing that really really drew me towards our our toby character is his handicap or handy uh, capability, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, what was the inspiration behind that? I have to ask. So later on in the story, uh, you're going to learn a little bit more about how that came to be. Okay. You know, what the situation was, how the accident happened. Okay. Uh, I mean, I just knew when I started writing it that something had happened in his past Okay. with his family. Um, and 
I had a pretty clear idea early on what it was and it just seemed it's kind of hard to talk about without spoiling it. <laughs> no, no, but, no, uh, I, I, I totally yeah, understand. It I just, do. it just seemed like, uh, it just seemed like uh, on the one hand, it just seemed like a good way to kind of signal from the beginning that, that there's, there's something that, there's something that happened in this kid's past that he just carries with him all the time. I mean, it literally was an event we'll see later on, but it literally was an event that changed him forever. Gotcha. You know, it changed him from within and it changed him from without as well. Gotcha. No, that, 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 that's awesome because one reason I bring that up is because in, in this, you know, modern comic climate, everybody talks about diversity and everybody brings in diversity in so many different ways. But one way that I never see is physically handicapped. You never see that, man. And so when I, when, sure, yeah. to know that you did this without that being the intention of, hey, let's just try to bring somebody new in here and make this inclusive. Um, to know that you, you did that subconsciously without that actually hmm. being the, the, the direct, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the direction you were really aiming for. It says so much about your character to know, like, you, hmm. I don't know, it's, it speaks volumes, it does. Um, I'm, I'm somebody that, uh, I'm, I'm very attracted to, uh, stories driven by handicapped characters. Um, I, I, it's just something that I, I can't explain it. I don't have anybody in my life that's physically or mentally handicapped. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm magnetized to, to that because in some way, shape or form, I kind of look at them as superheroes in a way because they're doing the same things that we're doing, but with less so I, mm. I i feel like in some way that they're just extra special and um when i when i see a, a character like this walking around with one leg and it's not even really brought up or spoken of in any way shape or form yeah. it, it, it makes me think like jesus christ it's just i don't know I, this is a type of inclusiveness that i i, I enjoy seeing you know it's oh, it's yeah. not doing it just for the sake of doing it either you know, it's, it's done subconsciously is what it sounds like. So, mm. uh, and you, you, you do actually see him struggle with it here as well. I see him, you know, he, well, I mean, I don't he's kind of possessed. That's why he falls, but he's got a, he's, you know, he's got his bum well, leg there. And then in he's... the first issue, he, fa- I mean, you know, the kids give him a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Among and uh, other, you know, among other things. It, it, yeah. it, it really helps show that this kid is something special. He's not just your average kid that falls into some shit. There's something special mm. about him. So mm. I, I think that it helps move the story along without, like I said, just spoon feeding you that. It, it's mm. it's it's read subconsciously. At least that's what I took from it. Maybe that's just yeah. me. I don't know, but I I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, I I really do think you did such a great job on this loop. The story, oh, well, your your team you. recruitment, um, the, everything behind it. It's it's. Have you thought about pitching it to publishers at all? Or I mean, that's a good question. Um, I mean, right now there are some other things that I'm developing that okay. I think I want to. If I were to pitch something, those are the things that I would want to focus on. But who can say? I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really, in this life, <laughs> whether it's comics or anything else, you can't really count anything out. So who knows? 
That's right. You never know who's going to come yeah. knocking on your door either, man. You yeah, know, no, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, I, 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 I can see this book with a, a major publisher label over it, though. I feel like this oh, is something that um, really should be in all of the hands. You know, I mean, this is this is good stuff. Um, it's it's special. It is. It's it's not oh, just something you. that. Uh, seems like it was just pulled out of the air and said, I want to make a comic. Um, it was, uh, it seemed like it was derived from, uh, like I said, struggle from another talent musically, you know, and you hit a wall mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, you're making a comic, man. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. How these things, uh, how these things come about. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I, uh, I, I have to ask you, you've listened to this podcast before, you know, I have to ask you, um, the rapid fire questions, uh, okay, you know, the, the things that they're all going to be asking you, man. But I, I find myself in a place of privilege, privilege. So I like to be one of the first people to ask the questions. Um, okay. like I said, kind of white red, but at the same time, it really lets us know, uh, where your mind is as a creator. And, uh, there's, there's never a wrong answer here. Um, yeah. so uh, if you're down, I've, I've I've got just a few, just a few. Let's do it. I can't guarantee that I won't give some of the wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, someone, you, you say you're kind of green with comics, but you've definitely read some comics. I like the fact that you're mostly into the indie scene. So this really helps me uh, with this question. When I say who the best, su- I, I start out by saying who the best superhero in all of comics is, and I change it up, and I say who the best protagonist in all of comics is, because oh, there's so huh. many, there's so many great comic book characters that aren't super, you know, um, or aren't yeah. even really a hero, but they're the protagonist. So I, I, I like to really broaden this question up and make it as difficult as possible. So um, out of what you've read, man, out of what you've enjoyed, who's your favorite protagonist? Okay. Well, well, I have to say, I mean, I will answer who I think the best superhero is uh, before I go on to who I think the best protagonist is. Okay. Uh, I'm a bit of a normie, so I happen to have a soft spot for Spider-Man. Hey, brother, there's nothing so, wrong with that, man. Without Spider-Man, yeah. I mean, who knows what wouldn't be, so... Crucify me, if you will. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There's uh, Spider-Man see, is... Great for all the reasons that everybody always says Spider-Man is great. So I can only co-sign some support for Spider-Man. Hey, man, I, I'm behind you. I think he's on the majority of the world's Mount Rushmore of superheroes. So Yeah. Um, I, but, I mean, getting out of capes. I mean, you've, you've right? read some stuff. Um, I mean... Who do you like? Who's been your favorite? Well, I would just say, I mean, we talked about him a little bit at the beginning, but I feel like I have to give him just some hometown love. I mean, my favorite probably protagonist in comics, if I had to say, would have to be just Harvey Pekar himself and those American Splendor books. That is I mean, the most like, unique answer that's ever been given I on might this be podcast. The only, yeah, I might be the only person who comes on this show and reps for him, but, I mean, that's just so quintessentially him. <laughs> that no but I, I would really say that like when i was a kid you know reading those books because all that dude wrote about was just his life his absolutely mundane life yeah just the little annoyances the petty grievances the tiny profound moments of the day-to-day 
And when I was a kid, what I loved so much about them was just it was novel to me. When I was like 11 or 12 years old, I couldn't wrap my head around, how did this get made? This is a comic. It's just about him having to go to the DMV or this or that. Mm. But as I've gotten older, I mean, I have the same, I've got like a paperback, yeah, like all the ones that he did with Robert Crumb, all the ones that Crumb illustrated. And I've had that book since I was like 11 years old going to be 30 this year That's every awesome. year i have at least like a two or three week period where all i do is go back to that book and read it and i i just think that stuff is beautiful i think that dude lived a great life he was a great artist he was a great writer and he you know like you like a lot of people he got into comics relatively later in life and it began it just sort of opened up this whole Pandora's box, but I know this is rapid fire questions, so I'll just say one last thing about him. So I'll be trying to be brief. I just think that his life was a story about he was just a regular guy. He had a a regular job, but he found this artistic outlet writing comics kind of late in life. And everybody is entitled to that, whether you're somebody who's living in New York or L.A. and you think you want to be famous or you're somebody who's living in Cleveland, Ohio, and you've got a regular job. Everybody is entitled to artistic expression, finding some artistic outlet. People want to hear the stories that you have to tell, you know. So, yeah, I would I would give it up for him. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that that really is an amazing answer, and maybe one of my favorite answers of all time oh, on this man. podcast. And I've <laughs> I've asked that question more than a few times. Um, on the other side of that coin. Who's the best shithead in all the comics? Oh, the best shithead. Yeah, man. The best villain? Yeah. Okay, well, well, shithead and villain are a little bit different. (laughs) My favorite shithead would have to be, I mean, this is another one I said at the beginning, that it's a newspaper strip, Get Fuzzy. Have you ever read that? Man, it it rings a bell. I don't know if I've read it, You might recognize it if you saw it. Get Fuzzy is this comic about this dude who lives in Boston, and he's got a pet dog and a pet cat. And like in a lot of newspaper comics, the dog and the cat talk. And the cat is this Siamese cat named Bucky, who's just the pot stirrer of all pot stirrers. He's such an asshole, as all cats are wont to be. But Get Fuzzy is a great strip. It really kind of, you see, you know, I mean, everything kind of changed with Calvin and Hobbes where it kind of seemed like everybody kind of got the net that it didn't have to be like set up panel, set up panel, punchline. Right. It could be punchline, two punchlines, no punchline, big punchline, you know. Every panel could be funny. There could be something funny in every panel. And Get Fuzzy is like that. I, I don't think the dude who drew it and wrote it is named Darby Connolly. I don't think he's doing it anymore. I think gotcha. he retired it maybe, I don't know how long ago. But that was one, of, especially when you're little and you're interested in the funny pages and it's a lot of shit like Blondie and Family Circus, mm-hmm. stuff that's not really funny. Mm-mm. Get Fuzzy kind of seemed like, do they know that there's something actually funny in the paper? Like, is this legal? Yeah, so that Bucky the Cat. Favorite villain? I mean, I'm a big fan of. I'm a I'm a big. I mean, again, back to Spider Man. I'm a big like Green Goblin fan. Okay. Like, I'm a bit of a normie. 
No, no, like that's actually believe it. That's the first time that one's been said. Um, really? That, that's a, that's a great answer. Yeah. Who do you? Who would you say is the most common villain who people cite as their Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom. Okay, yeah. well that's not bad at all. He's kind yeah. of like the ultimate. Yeah. You know, he's the villain he's that you can sympathize country, with. He's got his own doesn't he? He's got, like, diplomatic immunity, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's got, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he, he really is an ultimate villain, for sure. Um, it's Absolutely. probably the, the most common answer, but at the same time, it's not a wrong answer, because, I mean... No, not at all. He's yeah. awesome. He's interesting, because he's, like, a huge one. Everybody loves him, but there has there has yet to be, it seems an iconic on-screen interpretation of nope. Dr. Doom. No. Nope. Like, who the hell even played him in the two movies that came out? Like, I can't even recall. I, I, you know, I, I've actually done my best to erase the movies. To just um. wipe it out of your mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, critical support for Dr. Doom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I mean, that whoever that, that ends up being cast, it's, it's going to be a, a massive, massive game changer. I mean, this is one of the most... It's probably going to be the, one of the most iconic castings since, well, Iron Man, when it comes down to oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. Um, because I mean, it's Andy it's Dick, perhaps. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Robert Pattinson, get him in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Um, now, uh, you, you said you haven't started a pull list, you said you have, you have intentions of starting a pull list. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Off the top of your head, what would be the first book you add to your pull list when that day comes? Oh man. Uh, okay. So the first thing that I would add would I think that. Uh, oh, okay. No, I, this is an easy answer. Uh, Wind is starting again. Okay. In May. All right. I loved that. I thought that was great. Awesome. Wow. Uh, once again, it's another series I have all of. I just haven't got around to reading it oh, yet. But it's great. Yeah. Cool. Talk, that's something else that you can just spend like 20 minutes on every page just looking. The pages aren't even, it's not even like the pages are really busy. Like there's a lot of stuff that you want to kind of like figure out. It's just, I just think it's beautiful to look at. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What so James win, Tynan's man. doing is amazing right now. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I think we've, uh, we've definitely taken a big scoop out of your brain. We see at least how most of it works. Um, uh, yeah. we're, <laughs> um, I, I, this, this has been an absolute pleasure, Luke. It really has. Oh, same. Um, same. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm always a little nervous going into podcasts to where I'm not super familiar with the, the creator, but this, this has yeah, been like, just another be one of the, <laughs> I, I, I I just keep getting lucky, man. I do. I keep. I want to talk lucky. about aliens before we talk about the comics. <laughs> Alien, and then religion right afterwards. Right afterwards. Yeah. Sweet. Who'd you Sweet. vote for? Huh? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Luke. Um, I uh, uh the, the, the website one more time where people are going to be able to get this. Yeah. Book. So the website is uh, apocalypsekinda.com. And right now you can read the first issue is free. You can go and you can read it. And then the second issue is going to be released on the 17th. It's going to be on Gumroad, but you can go to our website and you can get to Gumroad via our website if you don't want to search around. But yeah, on the 17th on Wednesday next week. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, th th take my word for it, listeners. It's, it's not one to miss. And he gives you the first issue to just kind of see for yourself. And 
I don't know. You'd be silly not to get on it. It, it really is something special here. Um, oh, well, thank you. Uh, do you have social media tags where people can find you, Luke? Yeah, I'm on social media. So, I mean, I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm Grinchable. So Grinch as in the Grinch and then Abel, A-B-L-E. Gotcha. I won't explain that. I won't I won't waste your time with an explanation. <laughs> they can ask but you on, on Twitter the, after they follow you. Yeah, they can DM me if they want. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everybody, Reed who lettered it, he's he's someone to watch too. He's on Twitter, Reed uh, underscore HB. He's a great letterer if you're looking for someone to letter your book. I'm just going to shill for everybody quickly before we finish. That's what this podcast <laughs> is for, man. I mean, Hire the fact him. that we didn't get around to talking about Reed is, is a thing in itself because, the, once again, something another thing that stood out to me. You know. The, oh, the, yeah. No, he's a rock star, and he's a writer, too. He does some writing of his awesome. own. So if you go to his Twitter, you can see his shit. But, yeah, he letters all the time, all kinds of stuff. He's great. Amazing. He does an amazing job. Did an amazing job on this. You did an amazing job. Everybody did an amazing oh, job. Thank you. Um, if there's anything else you ever need, Luke, you know how to get a hold of me, man. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> you are now a friend of the show. Um, oh, I God. look forward to everything Feeling that you are doing in the future. Um, I, 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 I can't wait to, to, to see this new following. I mean, it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Well, thank you, Brian. Yeah, I'm excited too. Well, uh, people you, like the book. I, 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 I loved it, man. I really did. I loved it. I, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. And the more <laughs> I scroll through this, I mean, I, I've, I've been rereading it as you, as we talk back and forth. I mean, I can't say reading it, but just going back and forth and scrolling through yeah. it and just enjoying it over and over again. It's, well, it's got rereadability. You, yeah. It's got rereadability immediately. Thank so, you. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> uh, uh, you stay safe out there. I look forward to everything in the future that you have coming. It's all going to be good, I guarantee well, it, man. The feeling's mutual, Brian. I love the show. Love to listen to the podcast. <laughs> right on, brother. Well, uh, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. You stay safe. All right. You have a good one, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Cheers. All right, man. Well, there you go. Episode 293 in the books. Another creator has been cornered. Luke Winner. Man, I tell you what, he should change his name to Luke Winner. Because <laughs> the dude... <laughs> There's that too much. The, the, the dude's the man. He really is. He's, he's fucking killing it. Uh, I love everything he's doing. Am I a little biased because he's a listener? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, quality is quality. Quality is quality, and the dude's quality. So he was invited. No, actually, I had no, I, no, I, no, I clue, no idea he was a listener until he divulged that to me in the conversation. So that was pretty cool to find out. Um, yeah, man, yeah, uh, apocalypse kinda, apocalypse kinda. I, I could, I, I, I'm, I'm stoked on it. I'm stoked, Brian. You get stoked on comics all the time. I'm also quite often not stoked on comics, so you just don't hear me talk about that shit that often. Yeah, see how that works? See how that works? You know, it's got to be a fucking cacksucker. So, check out Apocalypse Kinda. I don't know why I always have to stall right before I say that. Like, like it's like a William Shatner thing. Check out Apocalypse Kinda. And there you go. So, on that note, I'm going to end... <laughs> 
Um, hey, thanks for tuning in. Remember to rate the podcast five stars. I don't know I had to bang on the table when I said that, but I did rate the podcast five stars, especially on iTunes. But anyway, you can do that. Um, I think that's all I'm going to ask you to do. That's all I'm going to ask you to do this week. Hey, as always, remember, stay safe out there. I demand it and read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast.